Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Top 10 Everything. Welcome back! Happy Monday, everyone. You said it's Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. <laughs> we'll mix up with the recording. Oh, um, there's nothing better than a pandemic Friday. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm Gavin Croak, along with... I am Jeff Croak. And today we're doing the Top 10 Celtic villains and i i have to say before we dive into this one kudos to our listeners for the feedback on this topic sir john sheehy (laughs) gave us this idea he has been a loyal listener from day one and uh let this be an example that uh we always welcome feedback from our listeners if there's something that you have a good idea for that you'd like to hear us dive into by all means share it because this one this may be my favorite topic so far. Yeah. I, I love this idea. This is an exciting one. And for recommendation recommendation ideas, you can either leave a review yes. on the podcast um, app in um, Apple Podcasts, or we just set up an Instagram account. So new listeners, if you have, I don't know. If you are on the gram. Right, exactly. Follow us at top 10 everything, top 10, the number 10 underscore podcast. Top 10 everything... Underscore podcast. Underscore podcast. Um, yeah, so if you're coming from the Instagram page, if you this is your first episode, because this is going to drop around the same time that the Instagram is coming public, welcome. Yeah, welcome. And it's been a journey. This is episode, is this episode 20? This is episode 20. 20. So there we go. Wow. Episode 20. Um, 20. So 20, we're making it... Um, yeah, we've, we've, we've improved a lot, I think. Yeah, we stunk in the beginning, but right. look at us now. I mean, the audio quality is definitely better. We figure out it sounds a lot better in the basement. Earlier yeah. videos did not sound good in the kitchen. Did not sound as good. There's there's no ice machine. Right. You do um, I, I don't walking eat around as, the kitchen. And yeah, I don't eat as much food in, in the <laughs> basement as I do in the kitchen. So that's off the table, which is a good thing for the listeners. I just think we've got more comfortable, too. Like I, Especially Andrew, too. I feel like Andrew's done a good job. Because at the beginning, it was like a little shaky, everything. Just trying to get in comfortable with everything. But now I feel like we got a good rhythm. Yeah, now everyone's talking a pretty much equal amount because I was doing a majority of the top talking. I was listening to the top ten office episodes. Oh, and of okay. course I'm going to talk a lot, but it's literally just me going through every single episode, just blabbing my face <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, but, I mean that's a topic that you could go so deep in, though. Yeah. So understood. But I think we're we're all doing better and we're finding our roles, and I think it's doing good. So welcome if you're joining just now. I hope you all enjoy. So I think we go into the list. Yeah. So uh, just so folks know. Gavin and I, out of all of the sports teams, and let's face it, we're avid sports fans, but the Celtics are probably number one on both of our lists of, of favorite Boston sports teams. So this is good because th- there is just so many folks that you could choose from. I have one honorable mention. I think you said you had two. I have two, but it's technically one if you want to play it that way. But well, I, you I, can go first. You want me to go first? Mm-hmm. All right. So he, here was the definition of a Boston villain. Um, that There's basically I, two types of criteria. Yeah, at least this is the way I thought about it. I'll be interested to hear if you're similar or you're different. I thought about it as someone you just hated because they were a jerk and they were dirty and they were just a a, um, a player that was easy to hate. So that that's one category of person. The second is someone that, to be honest, is probably a class act that was just throw daggers at the Celtics. And anytime you saw them on the court, you booed them mercilessly just to hopefully take them off their game. But they were just too good that, and they ripped just your heart great out. Yeah, great, great players essentially ripped your heart out. 
And then I kind of have a third criteria. Oh, go for it. This doesn't apply to a lot of things, but I have people that have maybe left the Celtics who might have left a sour taste in our mouth. So you know what? Based on that, I have two honorable mentions because, yes, I'm right there with you on that. That's a good one. Okay. So you can go. All right. So just based on what you said, because I struggled whether this person should be in the top 10 or not, but honorable mention seems to be the right spot. Kyrie Irving. Just added about 30 seconds ago. Uh, okay, so, that's a lot higher on my list. All right. That, just that, in general. No, that's fine. And, and there's definitely a recency bias for it because the top two players on my list are players that I've seen play. Okay. So I think it's kind of hard to hate players when I've never actually seen Magic Johnson or Bill Lambier actually play in a game. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's fair. And I've never actually had that hate where there's players higher on my list where I have hated. Because, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah. I've actually seen it and I've gone through that. So... There's definitely some recency bias for me and people that have seen play, but we'll talk about that later, but you can talk about Kyrie. Yeah, so here's the challenge that I have with Kyrie Irving. One is when he came to the Celtics, and again, what a masterful trade by Ainge. When that trade was announced, I couldn't believe that we got him. It was basically Kyrie Irving for Jay Crowder. Jay, one of Gavin's favorite guys. I have a Jay Crowder poster. Um, <laughs> what a shame. I remember I, the courtside kids thing when I went on to give the players I five. They were like, who's your favorite player? And I was like, Jay Crowder. And everyone's like, oh, Isaiah Thomas. You know what I mean? And I was like, Jay Crowder. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. And like, I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> You're like Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Vitor Favarani. Vitor. Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys was our big time favorite of ours. Um, okay. That's the other thing. We should do should that. We do favorite joke players. Yeah. Scal. Like, that'd be yeah. fun. Um, favorite peripheral Celtics players. That could be a one. Okay. Maybe we invite John Sheehy to do that one. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, keep going. What are we talking Oh, the trade. So it was basically Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizic, and it, I believe it was, was a. It two first round It was picks? one first round one, pick that ended up being Colin Sexton. And he's a bum, right? No. No? He's a good player. He's a star point. He was like the number like five pick or something like that. It was a Brooklyn pick. The Brooklyn oh, pick everyone oh, talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah, So he's yeah, a good, yeah. he's a point guard. He's a good scorer. He's in his second year, in, or this, this is his second year, I believe. Or third Yeah, I think year. it's third. It's his third year, yeah. I, don't, I can't keep track. But um, he's a pretty good player. He's basically their star per- piece right now. Got it. The, the star future person in Cleveland. He's doing all right for himself, so... Okay, you can continue. Yeah, so here's here was my challenge with Kyrie. One is, I actually had the opportunity to go to. Um, they offered to Celtic season ticket owners, and I'm not a Celtic season ticket owners, but I was able to go with a friend of mine who was. And at this, um, at the, it was basically a a glorified practice and they interview the players. Yeah, the open practice at the beginning it's of the year. Open practice. Players, correct. So they interview Kyrie in yeah, the middle of the court. Yeah, everyone knows this clip. Yeah, but maybe No, 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 I know. Yeah. I'm just I'm just So my, my point yeah. is at that point everyone knew that when Kyrie was traded, he was in his last year of his contract and in the, in that session and it was all over the newspapers and websites the next day, he said, "Yeah, if if the Boston fans would want me to come back, I'd really like to." You know, it's been, I've been welcomed so much and I'm really looking forward to being here. Yeah, it was like, so, I think he said like, if, if, if you'd have me, if I you plan on me, signing here next season. I plan on signing here. Yeah. So everyone wants to And of course that out. one's the crap. And so then, yeah. And then one is when the season started, you could see that the, the friction, um, you had the underlying current of Tatum and Jalen Brown saying, listen, 
we went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year without you, and we're a talented team. And now they got Gordo. Now they got um, uh, Kyrie. And the thought was, geez, the Celtics should automatically be in the Eastern Conference Finals, but they just had no chemistry. You look at that team from last year, and it's ridiculous how bad they were. They were, yeah. Because you look at how good they how good they were this year and how dynamic. Oh. Hayden, so look at this. You have basically the same team that you had this that you had last that you have this year, except you're adding Kyrie, getting rid of Kemba, but you pretty are pretty confident. Yeah, it's to like say a Kyrie's cut, better cut than. and paste. Take out Kyrie and put and then Kemba. have Al Horford. Who was Al. huge. Al, Al was a beast. And that yeah. was huge for us. And then you also have Terry Rozier off the bench. True. Who's another arguably starter-level point guard. So yep. there's a, probably better as a backup. But there's it's definitely it's shocking how bad... It's really how much of the game of basketball is about chemistry. It, it, and it's well, about it, how long it, you get along together on the court. It, it's about chemistry, and it's about the fact that leadership is something that not every star player has. And clearly, Kyrie does not have it. He, he, he made a lot of mistakes, and again, I give a lot of the Celtics the beginning of this season credit. Marcus Smart was very vocal. Tatum was very vocal that they gave Kyrie a lot of love, and they said, listen, it wasn't on him. It's unfair for people to criticize just him or was everybody. But at the same point, um, you expect more out of your superstar players, and right or wrong, they're expected to be leaders on the court. Kyrie didn't have it. You hear rumblings already happening in Brooklyn. It'll be interesting to see if KD's able to right that ship when he's healthy. Um, but yeah, I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a fascinating 2021 storyline. Um, but I feel like the person that suffered the most from that team was definitely Jalen Brown. He had a tough year. He did. And, and, and he, he was put in a tough spot coming off the bench basically the whole year behind like Kyrie and, T- and, and Gordon. Gordo. Yep. And that was the biggest storyline too is the friction between Brad Stevens, Gordo, and um, Jalen. Jalen. Yeah. Brad Stevens favoring Gordon Hayward a little bit where Jalen definitely probably should have been starting right. for the majority of that season. So that was another thing. But they've seemed to figure it out this year. With Kyrie gone, there's enough room for all of them on the court at the same time. You can have yeah. Jalen, Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum playing point guard with Daniel Tyson Kemba, which is a great lineup. But it's definitely small. But, but you know, let, let me bring it back to Kyrie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind so of my, my point is... Kyrie had an opportunity, and I feel like he's starting to become a player that when the going gets tough, he just gets lost. He gets he gets moving. And along. it's surprising he was so and, promising on that Cavs team. That that shot is still like that's oh, final yeah, series in two thousand sixteen. He was unbelievable. And you in that never. Final it, series. I feel like that always comes out. You never see these people going so wayward. It comes out with like Kyrie, and then even like people like Antonio Brown. Like you go back four years ago, you never think Antonio Brown would turn out this way. You turn back four years ago, you never think Kyrie would Kyrie would have gone this I, way. I would agree. It's just kind of crazy how like there's some people that, when they get exposed, yeah, right, yeah. And so and social media, I think, is a big part of that. Too. Social media makes things come out much quicker, and probably not with uh, a lot of folks using their public relations person to kind of guide them through stuff, and they make poor decisions. But needless to say. Uh, Kyrie was a bomb in uh, the Celtics. But then, furthermore, the reason why I hated him even more was he was injured for his first time returning to the Celtics. Gavin and I had tickets to go see them play. Birthday present, yeah. It was the night before Thanksgiving. November 27th, yeah. Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and Kyrie doesn't even show up. Now, listen, it's one thing if he was playing on the West Coast and he doesn't want to cross time zones and make the trip just to sit on a bench. Hey, I get it. 
But Brooklyn to Boston is a joke. It's the easiest ride out there out of, you know, in terms of being on the East Coast. And at the time, coast. it was even questionable if he was injured. Yeah. Or something it, like that. But I mean, like, now you look at it and you take it. You say, all right, yeah, yeah, it was legit. But, but still, and even just for the fact of face the music, take the booze from the Boston crowd, they're going to boo the hell out of you. But then it, once, they ha- once it happens, it's done. And it's over. And it's not going to happen to that extent anymore. But... He, what he's doing, he's prolonging it. So now that technically he still hasn't been back to the garden since the since he left, and um, th- that's what puts him in my honorable mention. I I, I think he's just a uh, a little immature, lacks some leadership. I think he's growing a ton through these experiences. And it'll be interesting to see if he can get back to a championship caliber. But um, right. that's a lot on Kyrie Irving. It's a lot of Kyrie, him, and we're gonna talk about him later too. So. Um, What's your other honorable mention? My other, mother, um, easy for me to say. My other honorable mention is Isaiah Thomas. Um, did he do anything specifically? He he had that one comment um, about Larry Bird saying that he, if he was black, he would just be another That's NBA player. That's not true. Player. Yes, he did. That was that was Dennis Rodman. I had oh, that I on my it was list. Isaiah. I had that on my list. Oh. Dennis Rodman said that, so that's on my list later. So well, it's not Isaiah. But Thomas. Isaiah was involved in that because um, they both had a press conference. I'm not sure if he was, but I know it was Dennis Rodman that said it, and he got the backlash for it. So I'll talk but about what, that later. I wonder why Isaiah was in that press conference then. Because it's a team. I don't. I don't know. No, but it was just Isaiah and Bird. Isaiah must have gone along with the comment. Then there's more to it. They, okay. they were linked mm-hmm. with that comment. Um, and so, I mean, besides that, Isaiah just came across as a punk as well when he played. No one liked he, Isaiah Thomas, except, yeah, other and, than Pistons fans. Yeah, ask for Michael Jordan how he feels about Isaiah. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a whole dream the team. Fans, you get to see that, yeah. There's the whole dream team controversy about Isaiah. Um, he always tried to be, like, super smiley. And what's unfortunate is that Isaiah is a super talented player. He won an NCAA championship with, with Indiana and Bob Knight, uh, won two championships with the Pistons, but every time he was just someone that was easy to not like in Bo, just because of his personality and he and again what takes away is that the gutty performances he played. I think he either badly sprained his ankle and he was trying to take on the Lakers by himself and he scored like twenty points in the fourth quarter in one of the championships that they had against each other. Extremely talented, but easy to hate. Isaiah Thomas, honorable mention. Okay, so I have two honorable mentions. One of them is not a player. That's why they're an honorable mention for me. Mm, interesting. Um, this is where I have the non-player is Pat Riley. Oh, interesting. He was the Lakers head coach yep. during the time of obviously the '80s era with Bird. So that obviously the the slick back hair, the whole persona is probably not was not liked by Boston fans. In as a coach, oh, for sure, wasn't either e- easy to easy to not like. And then coming back into like the 2013 era with the, the being Knicks. The, well, no, I'm talking about oh, the Heat. With the he was heat. the president of the Heat, but he was with the Knicks too, right? But I'm not talking about this. Is that's a not that's not really Boston related because that was oh, in the nine, they, well, they, 90s early. They still battled. Yeah, in the 90s. Yeah, I mean the Celtics weren't that yeah, good, exactly, then, but they were so. on the fringe of the playoffs. They made some playoffs. Yeah, so I'm basically going back, and the reason he's on this list is not only because it was Lakers team, but as president of the Heat, the comments he said to Danny Ainge when Danny Ainge was ripping at LeBron, I think it was for complaining to the refs about fouls. He told Danny to. STFU <laughs> and and said to worry about your own gosh darn team. So and that's kind of and felt kind of like that because Denny Ainge is beloved by everyone. He's a great general manager, made some great moves, and he was a good good player for those '80s teams. And um, so those comments were a little crass 
at the time. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's kind of fun, but and, and, and it brings you right back to the Lakers Celtics, which is kind of cool. Right. So, and those, that was basically when in those, and that was with them, like some good heat teams when he was with LeBron and D Wade. Oh, yeah. And that was some other rivals going on Gosh. there. So, um, that's one of my honorable mentions. And I also have Dr. J is one of my honorable mm. mentions. Um, in those late seventies or uh, mid eighties with, um, going up against the Celtics and then transfer coming from the ABA. And, um, and this comes back to, of course he was a tough player to play against and he was a great player, but also there, um, can be stemmed back to the preseason game against the 76ers and the Celtics where Dr. J and Bird got into a stuffle scuffle and they're basically both choking each other. And we have that picture right in our living room of them. It's like Beantown's yes. biggest brawls. And to this day, they both said they're not going to sign that picture. They are completely against it. Yeah, but um, so that's just one. Re- that's just someone who didn't really have a lot of beef with Boston. But that was kind of a. It's an odd. It was an odd scenario in a preseason game. But yeah, that's. I, I'll have mention. a little bit more on that later. All right. So who's your number ten? All right, my number ten. We mentioned him, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Uh, so again, I know you're going to go, uh, more into him, but what I like about having Rodman here is this was before Rodman kind of became a sideshow. Um, when he was with the Pistons and under Chuck Daly, Rodman was reined in and he was just a guy that was all out effort and just a pain in the butt, but dirty. He was dirty. If you watched him play. He, he fit right into that Rick Mahorn, Bill Lambeer style of basketball, which was push the envelope as far as you can and then push it some more. So easy, easy player to hate. He also was beloved by the Piston fans because he was, he was exactly what they embodied, which was um, hard nose, all-out effort, maybe not the most talented scorer by any stretch, but he could rebound and he could play really, really uh, suffocating defense. Um, I'm just going to go on to one thing where I just found this out. So you are correct that it, it was Dennis Johnson who, Dennis Rodman, sorry, who made the comments, but it was, um, Isaiah Thomas agreed with him. Yeah. He said, I'd have to agree with what Rodman said. So yeah, yeah you're correct on that. Okay, cool. Cool. So I had Rodman at number 10. Okay. Rod the bod. I'm going to go to my number 10 and this is where I have Wilt Chamberlain. Ooh, okay. He's a player who, obviously squared up against Bill Russell back in those um, 60s eras. Yes. Um, but I was thinking I was going to have him higher, but you look at the stats, and he didn't really do much compared to the Celtics. He only beat them one time. I remember that. And that, that was in the 1960s. You remember that? <laughs> no, I remember that he only beat the Celtics yeah. one time. It was it, the 72 Lakers, right? Oh, I wasn't looking. Uh, no, that's not what I thought. Oh. M- maybe, but I was looking at something else when the only time... Um, with Jerry West? Maybe it was the 72 Lakers. I just didn't know that. I, I wasn't looking up that. I was looking. The only time that he actually beat them straight up was in the 1967 Eastern Conference Finals. He, ne- I, I I have it here. I don't think he ever beat them in the finals. Oh, maybe they didn't play the Celtics in that final. That's what I'm that, trying that to say. It. Yeah. So I don't think the only but, time that Will ever beat the Celtics were in the 1967 Eastern Conference Finals. It's only one time. But how many times did Russell beat Will? A few times. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say. That it's, it's hard to be a villain if you only beat someone one time, in my opinion. And That's only fair. one Easter Conference Finals, but in that Easter Conference Finals, the, it was a Game 7. He had 29 points, 36 rebounds, and 13 assists. 36 Ridiculous. rebounds. And 13 assists? Yeah. That's impressive. Well, I, um, fun fact about Wilt, he led, led the, the NBA lead in, assists. in assists. He could do whatever he put his mind to. Yeah, which is kind of crazy for a guy that was 17. It's like me and my My Career series. I can yes. just like, I'm like, you know, I'm going to break the assist record today. 
NBA 2K, NBA, that yeah. is. Um, PlayStation game. So, yeah, obviously, Will is one of the most iconic um, villains of the Celtics, kind of. You think, whenever you think of Bill Russell, you got to think of his counterpart, Will Chamberlain. Yep. But when you actually dig down deep into it, it didn't look like there was really much of a rot. It wasn't really much of a matchup. It seemed like Bill Russell beat him every time. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, yeah. it's kind of like. So, like that's why I have him so low. All right. Uh, number nine. Number nine. Nine is fine, and I'm going with one of the greatest names in basketball history. It's not World B Free. <laughs> that, that one's up there. Metal World Peace. Ron not Metal World Peace. Oh. It is Tree Rollins. Oh. Tree Rollins. Metal World Peace. When he was a member of the Hawks, big brawl with the Celtics, and he, there was a big pile. It was him and Danny Ainge that got in the scuffle. And he ended up biting Danny Ainge's finger. Yes, I, saw, I didn't have him on the list, but I remember you telling me about that. Oh, and so here's a fun fact. Um, the Celtics, and I don't know if they still do it, but for a period of time, they would go to a golf course in Quincy called Granite Links. And they did a, um, they, they would just do a golf outing with the team before the season started. And it must have been October, and I went there during my lunch break to go hit some balls on the driving range. And who's there? Danny Ainge. And so I, and Danny is striping balls down the, the mm-hmm. driving range. He is crushing them. It's amazing how um, any athlete, I don't think it really matters what sport, they just can dominate in golf, except for Brady um, in the last mm-hmm. uh, uh, charity match we just saw on TV. He heated up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he heated up towards the end. Uh, but Angel striping the ball. So it's just Danny and I on the driving range. I'm like, Hey, I was like, Danny, good luck this, good luck to this upcoming season. Now this was the off season when they sh- signed Shaq. Do you remember that? Oh, so this is, okay. This is, this is old Danny Angel. I thought you were saying this is like, Oh no, this is Danny Ainge, the GM. Yeah. I thought you were yeah. saying that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause Granite Lynx wasn't built when he was playing. Right. I just didn't understand what you were saying about the team going. To... Okay. I just understand how this has to do with Tree Rollins. Well, because I said, Danny, I said, hey, I said, you know when I liked you? And he go, and he says, when? I said, when uh, you bit Tree Rollins' finger. And he goes, he bit my finger. I didn't bite his finger. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, that's what I meant to say. I was like, yeah. I said, but I thought that was cool. Uh, you never told me this story. Yeah, it happened. You've never told me this. And then I and then I decided to leave him alone after that. And I, I, I basically said, I, I hope you guys stay healthy because I think you guys will be fun this year. And again, Shaq was fatter than ever. And he, that was what, 2012 or 11? It was after Ray Allen left. So 2012. So uh, 11-ish? Uh, maybe 11 or he 12. Wasn't, he, was, he was gone in 2012 year. So I'm going to speak to my number nine, Ray Allen. Oh, I love so it. This might crush some people. They're saying, what, he helped you win a championship. And I know you personally were very mad when Ray Allen left. I, I, I was extremely mad. You're absolutely right. The previous year, the 2011 Eastern Conference Finals, the, the the Heat beat the Celtics. Yep. So he pulled the Kevin Durant and said, hey, you got, you, if you can't beat him, join him. Yep. And he went to the Heat and won a championship with them the next year, beating the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals again in, a game, in, in seven games. Yes. So that was hurtful with Celtics fans, of course, with one member of the Big Three leaving and going to join another team. But also, there's also the beef with Rajon Rondo, which people talk about too, how they definitely did not get along. And that could also play factor. I know people have mixed feelings in Rajon Rondo too. Kind of, kind of hunts for assists. He's not the most um, calm. He's a little temperamental. Temperamental. Yep. Yeah, whatever. I don't even know. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I had Ray on um Rayon on my list um because I that's know a, that's, that's a, well. You, you know what's great about that too is 
Think about when Ray Allen left to go to the Heat. The friction that is still current. Doc Rivers talks That's about it saying. now. Like that, yeah, and they, especially they with Ray Allen, they don't invite him to stuff. Yeah, they, they, like the, it's it's ridiculous. Ray Allen's on the outside. It's kind of a shame because Ray Allen, when he was with the Milwaukee Bucks, was a class act. You didn't hear anything about him. He was an All Star multiple times. Great shooter, but um, he, he, I think he then went to. Did he go to? Was it just the Bucks? Then he went to what? Seattle. Seattle. Seattle right. SuperSonics. I think he started. No, 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 no. And I think he, you know, again, a star there. And then, um, you know, you hear all this flack coming after they won the championship, and it, it's a bummer um, that all these stories came out. But um, hopefully, in due time, they figure it out. But yeah, Ray Allen's a good that's one. That's my number eight. I thought you'd like that because I know you don't yeah. like Ray Allen. Or that's my number nine. So. Yeah, I, I just don't like. So I like when people finish out the rivalries. That that's the hardest part. Is that. You know, back I mean, in the, he got himself a championship. So no, he a, did. So you, you can't time, fault him for leaving. But at the same man, time, if he's on that Celtics team in 2012, maybe they'd win that game I, seven. I agree so with you. I agree with you. It, uh, it just what ifs. Mm-hmm. All right, number eight for me. Are you ready? Yes. And I, I, I'd be shocked if he's on your list. Chuck Person. I've heard about him, but no, he's not on my list. Okay, so again, vintage Larry Bird rivalry. So. Um, Chuck Person was a member of the Andy, Indiana Pacers, and his nickname was the Rifleman. Wasn't because he like a young guy? And he was young, yeah, youngerish at the time. Yeah, um, I don't think he had that. I'd be I don't think he was that good. He, no, but he, I, read, he, I read some stuff about him. I he feel like he had moments of brilliance. He, he wasn't that consistent, and he was um, basically kind of the big deal in Indiana before Reggie Miller was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Reggie Miller may, may have even have been on this team. Did we hear I, I really, in the last dance maybe too? I, uh, I highly doubt it. Cause no, they had the whole thing with Reggie Miller and the, uh, I mean, no, 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 I highly doubt yeah. it because if there was overlap, it was, uh, I don't sure. think it was many okay, years. My, my bad. I might have messed it up. But, okay. but need, needless to say, Chuck person was one of the biggest trash talkers out there. The problem with Chuck person is he could not back it up. So in, in this finals, this was when bird was on his way out. He was just about getting ready to retire. And he was physically, his back was a mess. And the Pacers were pushing the Celtics to the brink. And Person was talking so much smack. And to be honest, Person was having a great, great series. And he basically was talking trash that they were going to win the series in the garden. And you may or may not remember, but this was when Larry dove for a loose ball and hit his face on the parquet. Broke his orbital bone in his eye socket. Came back out, checked back in the game, and they won the game because he went on a tear. And you just think about the pain that he was in um, and how Larry shut him up. And to be honest, after that series, I really don't remember much about Chuck Person's career ever again. He just was never that big a factor. But in that series, man, was he hated. And the, the, there's probably a question of why he even put him in the top 10 because it wasn't like Chuck Person was a big time player or NBA champion, but he probably goes under my nostalgia factor along with tree Rollins as to why I put him on the list. Just because at the moment in time, as a fan living through it, I couldn't stand the guy. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is my number eight. This is where I have Kareem. Oh, that's see, that's a good one. Um, the sky hook, obviously Kareem really shining. It's the Celtics. And it was, it was 1985, the championship when they, when they beat the Celtics. Yep. Um, he was Finals MVP, and he had 25 points, average the most points on the team, nine rebounds, a block and a half, and a steal. And this is old Kareem. This is him at 34 years old. 
beating up on when, that Celtics team. So this is skyhook in effect. Exactly. It's just like unstoppable. It's an unstoppable play. And that's probably, it's just kind of, this is one of those cases where you didn't really do anything in particular, but it's more the greatness that hurt the Celtics. And then I don't know what year it was when uh, he and Bird had a dust up in one of the oh, games. Okay. Um, Bird. Um, oh, Mag- uh, I'm sorry. Kareem got a rebound and took his elbow and swung it hard, knowing that Bird was behind him and clipped him on the cheek. Mm-hmm. And then the, the ref called, a, they, they call a dead ball foul on Kareem, and Bird went right in his face, and they got separated. No punches were swung, but they they were pushing each other, and the, the players jumped in, and it was uh, it was testy. I just don't remember what year that was. But yeah, it was, I'm uh, not sure. It was, uh, it was good. So, yeah, Kareem very much hated. All right. All right, seven spot for me, LeBron James. Okay. Uh, I and here's something I wonder if, what people would think of this. I feel like the team of Pierce, Garnett, Ray Allen, Rondo taught LeBron how to win a championship. Now, here's why I say that: they beat up, especially Pierce. They beat up on LeBron when was the cat when he was with the Cavs. And then I think LeBron kind of took that with him when he made the move to go to Miami. Um, and to your point, it was the last series before Ray Allen, when he was still a Celtic, jumped over to Miami. Miami beat the Celtics to win the Eastern Conference Finals, and it was on their way to their first NBA championship with the Bosch, Wade, LeBron trio. Um, but LeBron, during his Cavs um stint as well as with the the heat stint easy to hate him and again not that he did anything uncanny um but he was just one of those guys who was talented and it was easy it seemed like it was easy to rattle lebron's cage because the thing that i had a trouble liking lebron and since that time i've given him more respect lebron disappeared in some big games against the celtics i saw it happen with the Cavs. i saw it happen with the heat it was more, I feel like the most criticism you can have on him is looking back at that 2011 finals. And while he put up tremendous numbers, like triple doubles every night, averaging like 30, he like struggled in those fourth quarters yeah. against the Mavs. Because I rewatched yep. some of those games in some of the fourth quarters in particular because I heard about him struggling when they gave like the free access to the NBA games because of like what's going on with COVID. COVID. So I watched some of those games, I rewatched, and you but see it was- he, it, it, it's not like... It's, it's not like he had bad games. He was tremendous. Of course, he's averaging 30 and then like a triple-double. But at the same time, like those, the ending, he kind of shies away. You see it a little bit. It's he just like he doesn't, dom- he doesn't yeah. dominate as much as... And here's the thing about LeBron. The guy's 6'9", ripped. I mean, he's 265 pounds. He's built like a, a tight end in the NFL. He can And he dribbles the ball like a point guard. He can take over a game at any point that he wanted to. And it shocked me, in, t- to your exact point, if you look at the stats, you're going to say, wow, LeBron had a good game. But he disappears in the big moment when you know he can take over the game whenever he wanted to. The guy can shoot a layup anytime he wants to or, or take a jump shot over anybody down on the post anytime he wants to. And he just didn't do it and, it, and it floored me. I couldn't figure it out. And I again... I think the Celtics really did a lot for his uh, learning how to be a champion. I don't know about that, but okay. I do. Boom. Okay. Boom. All right. Seven for you. My seven, this is where I have Dennis Rodman. Okay. 
Um, of course, we talked about the whole thing. Bird only has three consecutive MVPs because he's white, is what he said in a press conference. Um, and it's also just the whole Dennis Rodman persona of being like a bad boy in the bad boy Pistons. And he loved that persona. The 1987 right. um, conference finals when the we beat the Pistons. There's a lot of beef between Dennis Rodman and Dennis Johnson. Yes. That and there's a lot of scuffles and fighting and trash talking that was going on with them. Little little chippy. Um, so yeah, I just think that he's like the epitome of a bad boy. And I think that he was definitely hated by the Celtics. No doubt. This time. No doubt. And you know what I loved? Man, this is such a throwback comment. I loved the hatred the players had for each other. Yeah. They hated each other. And like your, your, your point, a lot of people would say when they think about Celtics guys that are willing to, you know, get in the mix, Dennis Johnson probably isn't the guy that you think of, but you're right. I mean, everyone on that roster hated the Pistons, and everyone on the Pistons hated the Celtics. Those were the good old days, and they were willing to fight. Like I, I hate that they have such long suspensions. Let the guys throw a punch. I think it's good for the game. Hot take. Boom. All right. Number six. Ralph Sampson. Not on my list. I was talking about this earlier. I saw... So I'm watching some clips, and I thought about it, and I and I and I didn't do it. He's not anywhere, but you can talk about him. Yeah. So Ralph Sampson, I think that he, I think after the 1986 championship against the Celtics, the Rockets versus the Celts, Ralph Sampson, I felt like was never the same. Uh, the Twin Towers were a beast at the time. You had a young Akeem Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson. They looked like they were going to dominate the NBA for a decade. And Samson had really bad knees, so he was never healthy. But in that series, and um, I, I watched the clip before coming up with the list. Um, so at this time, the NBA Finals were uh, on televised on CBS. And Dick Stockton and Tom Heinsohn were the commentators. And um, what happened was, so a couple things that you'll never see again today. One a fight in the NBA Finals. I don't know if you'll ever see that again. It was amazing because you have the two best teams going at it, and I think the only person who's crazy enough to maybe have a fight in today's NBA is probably Draymond Green. He's the only one who I think is a little bit off kilter that he would get so amped up and revved up that he would throw a punch. But it was Sampson and Jerry Seasting who got in a fight. Jerry Seasting is 6'1", Ralph Sampson is 7'4". And there was a switch where Samson was down on the block and Seasting was adamant about not giving him position. So he was pushing him hard and Samson got pissed and basically they started brawling. I would tell you to go on YouTube and watch the fight. And the best part about it, two things, Dennis Johnson throwing haymakers like no other. And two, Bill Walton was on the court and he tackles Ralph Samson hard. And just whips him away from C Sting, and then he starts going after Samson as well. It was a fantastic fight. Um, the best part was this all happened in Houston, and the fans were going nuts. And Dick Stockton was basically saying that it was C Sting's fault <laughs> about this. And so, and, Dick, and the reason why I say this is that I'll never forget when they the series came back to the Garden. Everyone had. Uh, they had CBS signs, you know, again, because CBS broadcast the, the, the uh, series. And the sign said, Cry Baby Stockton, because everyone was making fun of Dick Stockton and then as well as Ralph Sampson. I mean, 
the boos that were cascaded on Ralph Sampson, I think that ended his career. He was never the same. Boston bad boy villain. Ralph okay. Sampson. Six spot. I don't really know. I don't really. I just had trouble putting someone that's never actually beaten the Celtics. No, I get it. In there, because it's like not like he ever, like, he never won. I, that's what I think. I think it's. I think it's harder when someone beats you, like, consistently, and it's like, gosh, like, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's the way I, 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 I value the um, winning villains more than the actual, like, people. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, this is where I probably put the fight more. Yeah, just uh, for the fight, because it's awesome. Because it was yeah. such a good fight, and it was such a good story. And I do think it was against an opponent, opponent that just took out the Lakers. Granted, it was a – and again, kudos to Ralph Sampson. Go on YouTube and look at the shot that Ralph Sampson hit to put the Rockets into the NBA Finals in 1986 over the Lakers. Unbelievable shot. No way, no reason why that should have gone in, but it did. Um, yeah, Ralph Sampson. All right, I have someone that I doubt you have on your list. Please tell me. I have Dwayne Wade. Mm. Dwayne Wade is obviously beating the Celtics on those heat teams in the 2011-2012 Eastern Conference Finals. Um, he's kind of known as a flopper, not liked by, I mean, I think he's more liked now that he's retired. I think retired, he's more respected. More. Yeah. But the reason, the main reason I have this on here is for the 2011 Eastern Conference Finals when he broke Rajon Rondo's arm. I absolutely Tackled remember Tackled him to the ground and it was game, it was game three. The cap. He hyperextended his elbow, didn't he? It was something like that. He like, he, he, was, out, he was out for the season. Yeah. I think it was game three. Miami was up 2-0. And the first two games were on Miami, and Miami won. And we're back in Boston. The Celtics are up, I think it's 10 at this point, in the third quarter. And he takes Rondo to the ground, and basically, and it's clear. It's it's clear that he's uh, like, it's it was like he was did it on intent. purpose. It was yeah, intent. exactly. You could see it. And and that really ruined the Celtics' chances that year. Absolutely right. And even if even though they were down the series, they still had a shot. And they were, and they were basically going to come out with that game three. I, I don't know. It was just, after that, it was hard for the Celtics to come back. Yeah, I, I think to your point, when they showed the replay, it wasn't like he fell awkwardly on it. They both went down, and I remember he pulled on his arm. Yeah, he and, yanked it, and I was just like, "Wow, that was it was so deliberate." And um, yeah, no repercussions for it, which was yeah, a shame. Celtics and the Celtics end up winning that game three, and then it basically they don't win a game for yeah, the rest they of got, the series. They got smoked for the rest. So, of um. I mean, that definitely hurts, and I think he was definitely hated by Celtics fans. Then coming back next year and losing to them in the Eastern Conference Finals yet again, I think was tough. Yeah, agreed. That's why I had him there. I thought that was a good one. Good spot. Thank you. All right, top five. This is when it gets real. You mentioned him earlier, and I'm going to put him down there. Dr. J. And I had a, I had him up here for a few reasons. I had him put him in the top five because the hatred of Boston versus Philadelphia started during the Dr. J era. I mean, there was just a pure hatred between these two franchises. Um, Philly fans, as we know, have a reputation of being some of the worst fans in all of sports. Um, I'll never forget uh, Michael Irving, this is talking about football now, got concussed and was wheeled out on a stretcher out of Veteran Stadium in Philadelphia during an uh, NFL game. And the fans were throwing batteries at him as he's being wheeled out on a stretcher. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of a story like that in my life. So just build that up into the NBA. Now now you have Dr. J and Larry Bird. Arguably, throw Magic Johnson in there. Those are probably the three biggest stars in the early 80s 
of the NBA. And uh, Dr. J was a beast. He came from the ABA. He won championships there. And now he was trying to win another championship with the Sixers. And they, they had done it. And now the Celtics were starting to get, Bird was starting to get his uh, feet underneath him as a, a full-fledged superstar. And you mentioned it earlier, Gav. They had that fight in a preseason game. So two things that will, you'll never see again. One is NBA players taking the preseason like a life or death game. Um, and it just shows how I think Bird and Dr. J influenced their team so much. They said, listen, we don't care if it's a preseason game. They treated that game like it was game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, which is unheard of. Uh, and two, when's the last time or when's the next time you're going to see two superstars throwing punches? Try to think of an example of when that happened. Um. Wasn't there like a Chris Paul? I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know. But you might be right. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think you're going to see two superstars throwing punches. And I do love the fact that neither one of them autographs that, like you also noted before. Yeah, there's a Chris they, Paul and Region Rondo fight is what I'm thinking about. They're not superstars, though. Maybe Chris Paul. Okay. But and Rajon Rondo is not a superstar. I mean... He, he was at one point. He was definitely well, top three, maybe top five... Well, in a point in time, but is Rajon Rondo making the Hall of Fame? Good question. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. Winning a championship, he's definitely... He's won one championship. That's what I said, winning a championship. Might win. Um, I don't think his stats are, are there, nor does he have the longevity of dominating. He had flashes of brilliance, I'd agree. Yeah, um, probably not. But Chris like Paul's probably in. One hundred, Not probably, definitely yeah. in. He's a top 10-point Even though he's time. never won a championship, he's, he's uh, yeah, talented enough and he has the stats. But uh, getting off topic, but mm -hmm. needless to say, Dr. J in the five spot. All right. Uh, my number five, this is where I have Bill Lambier. Someone that you're probably going to have higher. Okay. Um, Bill Lambier in those 87 finals, finals, which I never got to see. In Eastern Conference Finals, which I never got to see, obviously. Um, I think that's the thing. I never actually got to see it. But obviously, you hear about all the elbows he threw and all, like, just how dirty of a player he was. And, dirty. Bird, and Bird went out and said it. He's been interviewed and said that he's a dirty player. And, like, there was, like, a 2013 interview where Bird basically said he was trying to hurt you when he, when you played with him. And that's, like, and he wasn't the best player. He had a good jump shot, obviously, for his size. Weird-looking jump shot, um, right? That little yeah. set shot. But you, you know that... Um, what he was trying to do was just kind of be that dirty, grit, gritty player. Because he wasn't the best player on that team, but he was like the heart and soul of the team. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he, he, he was the bad boy. The persona of the bat, of bad boy Pistons. And I'm sure you're going to talk a lot about him later. So uh, I will. He I'll is on my you. list. We, we will hear from Mr. Lambeer later. All right, top four. I had number four spot, Magic Johnson. And this goes by that category we talked about in the beginning. Just a guy that just would throw daggers in the Celtics, and nothing resonates more to me than the hook shot in the Garden, 1987 Finals, Celtics-Lakers. Magic gets the ball, time running out. He runs towards the, uh, dri dribbling the ball, runs towards the free throw line, hook shot over McHale Parrish. Bird is there. He almost jumps up to try to defend it, but then stops, maybe thinking that because Magic was coming towards him, he might get called for a foul, and Magic drained it. Um, that was when Kareem was kind of on his way out. Kareem at that point was older, uh, but the fact that Magic went to Kareem's hook shot to ice the game, 
brutal. Um, just an unbelievable shot. And uh, Magic, he had huge games against the Celtics. And again, easy to hate, um, but you always respected Magic. But man, was he just an absolute nemesis. And you wonder, with Magic winning five championships, I mean, if those Lakers don't make a championship here or there, easily could have been a Celtics championship instead, but it yeah, just didn't happen. Yeah, it's only two, though. They only faced each other. Yeah, right. They only faced each other twice. That's what made the 86 one such a bummer, was that everyone was dying for the Lakers to be there because we knew we were going to beat the bag out of them. And then Ralph Sampson ruined it with that shot. Again, go on YouTube. Check out that shot. It's absurd. All right, Gav. Four. Who do you got? Um, Stop texting. This is where I have. I'm texting Andrew, our special member. Um, this is where I have Kobe. Okay. Um, I think he's one of the most hated Celtics players. Rest in peace, obviously. But at the time, not one, not one um, Celtics play- fan like Kobe. And it was just the, the dominance factor. Um, I think obviously in the 2010 finals, which you say hurts you every time to rewatch with the refs. The refs but, were so bad in that game. I, again, I challenge any fan to watch that game and just tell me that that fourth quarter was was um, called equally for both sides. No shot. Yeah, so this is... I, it was hard to put Kobe this high, honestly, because it was kind of like, obviously, I feel like he embodies the whole 2010 Celtics-Lakers. Like the Paul Pierce versus Kobe Bryant kind of thing. But the thing that the fact that he only played once... Yeah, it's kind of like I'll be honest. I don't have him on my list. Yeah, and, and but to your point, what what I thought, and it's it's a good ad because when you saw the joy in Kobe's eyes of beating the Celtics, I remember he had a moment with Jerry West after they won that that finals because Jerry was never able to do it, mm-hmm. and Kobe was like, "I did it, I did it," and it's almost. He, he always wanted to catch Jordan and win six championships, but I think the next thing right underneath that is beating the Celtics in the NBA Finals, and he did it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's like... It, it's hard, because... I just feel like when you think of P- Celtics villains, Kobe comes up. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. It's like, you look at the actual resume, and like the amount of times that they actually played isn't that high, but I just, and there wasn't really any big scuffles between them, but I no. just think that... The fact that they played each other in the finals twice, it went one and one against Celtics Lakers. I just, I don't know, something about it. I just, I feel like Kobe is like the face of those 2010 Lakers, and he just in during that big three era with the Celtics. Yeah, so no, just, I agree. I mean, it was Pau Gasol, it was Kobe, and it was um, oh, who was the other guy that they had? Um, Lamar Odom. I don't know. Yeah, Derek Odom. Fisher. No, Odom. Odom. Odom was the more talented guy. Fisher was a peripheral. But, um, so yeah, so that's it for number four. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. Number three for me, you mentioned him earlier, Wilt Chamberlain. Here's why I had Wilt. It was merely for the fact that he was the nemesis to Bill Russell. And while Bill Russell was... That's go- kind of what I was going off with, the Kobe thing. It's like he yeah. was like the nemesis to Celtics, even though you, they, they played the, the Kobe beat the Celtics kind of in a more big spot than the... Absolutely right. So that's kind of where... Nope, and that's fair. And I guess this was more just of a generational thing. Throughout the 60s and even a little bit into the 70s, Russell and Wilt just battled. And the amount of times we were able to be on the upper hand of that was great. But Wilt was that perennial bad guy. He was, I mean, 
if you think about it, when there's two people in a, in a match and you don't have a dog in the fight, who do you cheer for? You cheer for the underdog. The underdog was always Bill Russell. He was 6'9". Bill oh, Russell was 7'2". Well, it's kind of hard to call someone an under, uh, underdog when the Celtics beat the well, every no, single time. I, I get that. But when they first started going against each other in the championships, Russell w- was probably seen as an underdog. The people probably thought that Wilt was going to beat the bag out of Russell, and it never happened, which was, again, kudos to how great Bill Russell was. My point is is that even if you didn't like this, the Wilt or the Celtics and Russell, you probably cheered for Russell just because he was the underdog. And... What I loved was how the Celtics would just always get the better end of Wilt. And the fact that it wasn't just on the court, but it was off the court. And, Gav, you probably have heard this story. Wilt was the highest played player in the NBA and got a contract for $100,000 a year. The first six-figure salary in the NBA, which was seen as absurd. So what does Red Auerbach do? He makes sure that Bill Russell's paid $100,000, $101 was his salary because he wanted to prove and stick it to Wilt that Bill's the man. Russell's always going to beat you, even with his salary, which I think when you see stuff like that, that shows you how much of a nemesis this guy was, was that Auerbach would go out of his way to make sure that that was a statement that he made, not only to show the confidence to Russell that he had in him, but also around the league to say that, hey, Russell's the man, it's not Wilt. I love I love those little hidden stories behind the scenes. So that was my... Yeah, I just had trouble putting him there because he didn't really beat them a ton. I mean, Kobe didn't either. But going back to that... I've watched some clips. Going back to that um, 2010 finals, he had some big shots in the, in the last minutes. Well, rewind. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. So... Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm just talking, but yeah. Um, I guess I'll go to my number three now then. Um, number three is where I have Magic Johnson. Okay. Game four. So we of the, just, yeah, we just flipped. I, I had him four, you had him three. Yeah, game four of the NBA Finals. Um, the baby sky hook, obviously, to win the game. Um, that kind of shifted the series in the it Lakers. Um, Lakers' favor. Did. It absolutely did. Um, so they ended up beating him. Beats him twice in 85 as well, um, which was big. He wasn't, Kareem was the best player on the 85 team in that series, but... He was still obviously was a huge MVP? part. That's what I was saying. Yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why Kareem, I said yeah. about Kramer earlier. Yep. Had the most points on his MVP. But um, Magic was still a huge part of that team. Beating the Celtics twice in the finals with that, the probably one of the most iconic shots of all time. That baby skyhook to win the game, I think, is big. And it was, it, and it's like you said, it's like the nemesis. It's a nemesis to Bird was Magic throughout the whole 80s era. And that was clear. Yeah. I, it, it is amazing how many times those two played each other. In the finals. And the hatred that they all had for each other was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. All right. Moving to the number two spot. Now, I would be surprised if you had this guy on there. Probably not. Um, I have him on here for a number of reasons. Yeah, I definitely don't. So go. Andrew Tony. I heard about this guy. There's like that one fight with this guy, right? And he's And this guy's a bum. No, he's not a bum. No, Andrew Tony. Let me see who I'm talking about. A- Andrew Tony was a pivotal member of those early 76er teams, and he would light up the Celtics all the time. And here's why I had him as number two. Again, this is a guy that was on the list not because of any big fight that he got into or, or verbal alt- altercations. It was. Yeah, uh, right here. Is it, okay. Um, there's like a list by Bleacher Report talking about Celtic Villain. Right here it says. 
Tony has the least remarkable stats of any player on this list. A historical playoff performance earned him the nickname the Boston Strangler. Yeah, well, that's where I was going to go. Don't steal my thunder. I'm not trying. But he's the only guy that has a nickname of the Boston Strangler. Like, if you think about all the other villains we've talked about, no one else has a a name of the Boston Strangler. And again, to to be unfair of that... Andrew Tony had bad knees, so his career was short, mm-hmm. but he was talented, and he lit up the Celtics in a playoff series, and he was unstoppable. They couldn't stop the guy, and, he, and um, again, a pivotal reason why the 76ers won that championship with Dr. J in the early 80s, um, but yeah, his career was uh, short-lived, unfortunately, but I had him at number two. Uh, yeah, it says here he had 34 play. points and 14 of 23 shooting in that. Game seven. Yeah, 14 of 20. 20. That's, that, that's that's yeah. a that's a that's a good day at the office, especially in a pivotal game. So that was my number two. I'd love to hear yours. So now we're gonna go to the opposite of good shooting, and I'm gonna go to Kyrie Irving at my number two. All so right. this is huge that you did not have him on your list. No. Um Yeah, it's just the amount of hatred that I have for Kyrie Irving, I feel like every other Celtics fan does, is just unbelievable. He he really tore apart that team. And it was like... And you go into that series, they had a tough regular season, obviously. A lot of... They had a decent record. I think it was 47 wins. So that's not great. Not great. And th- there I, were I, I glimpses. Might be wrong. It might not be um, There were glimpses of how good they could be during the season, but they just never hit on all cylinders. Yeah. I, and, and that's the thing. So this is where I'm going to go back to. They had a glimpse of being a great team. In that first playoff series with Kyrie against the um, Pacers, they looked amazing. Remember, they, we were in Florida. They swept yes. the Pacers, and they killed them every single game. And Kyrie was lights out. Next series, however. This is the, the, box, this right? is the reason that I think Kyrie's the biggest villain. It, it's just this series was the hardest thing to watch for was me it, ever. Was it, the box? it was the Bucks. Yeah, I thought it was the they, Bucks. They lost. Yeah, oh, I remember game that. one. We're at Nana's house. Remember, we watched them. They killed them. Yeah, they killed them. Game one didn't win a game after that. that. That was it. Next game, Kyrie went eight for twenty-two, eight for twenty-two shooting. He was abysmal. Next game, he said, "You know what? That's not going to happen again." And he was right. He shot seven of twenty-two the next game. It, he he was forcing shots. There was no flow, and it looked like he had like no effort out there. It was disgusting. It literally looked like he gave up. It was it was awful, and they and they lost every other game in that series. Goes away, and then decides to not show up. Like the atmosphere in Boston, when we went to that um, game in November, November twenty seventh against the Nets, and he wasn't there. There's Kyrie is a d bag shirt. So there's yeah, there's yeah. signs. Kyrie is a clown. There's literally signs on telephone poles of Kyrie. And the chance yeah, in the garden, to the garden is just Kyrie sucks like yeah. the whole time during throughout, the game, throughout the game, and it's it's it was unbelievable. And that's just one of the atmospheres that I loved. It was amazing. It was yeah. a, it was awesome to be in. It felt like a playoff game in November, and he wasn't even there, and he wasn't even and, in the and building. That's the thing. I think that's just the hatred that Celtics fans have for Kyrie is just through this. the fact that you had him as honorable mention shocked me. Yeah, you know why? I think it's just because I see him as a blip on the screen. Um, in that, yeah, he, he it was emotional, but there wasn't a big fight. And to be honest, it wasn't like Kyrie has ever torched us in a game. I think he was just a jerk because he left the team and how he did it. Right, but, that's, that's what I'm basically going off. So, we haven't played him since then, so it's not like he... No, uh, no. We well, we've played him. We just haven't oh, played him yeah. in Boston. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You're right. So, yeah, I mean, again, he, he could have... Uh, well, wait, well, I'm I, saying we haven't played him since then. No, played? no, we, we played the Nets. We, the Celtics have played the Nets when he was with the Nets. 
in Brooklyn. Okay. Forgot about that. Yeah. They, uh, again, it, it, time will tell how it all shakes out. Um, but yeah, Kyrie, I, I remember, I mean, that atmosphere was phenomenal. All right. Number one for me, and it was mentioned earlier, it is Bill Lambeer, uh, the quintessential Boston villain. I mean, he checks all the boxes. Dirty player. Uh, to your point, uh, Bird said it was the dirtiest player because he tried to hurt you. Funny side note to that, Bird's mother loves Bill Lambeer. Really? And it's because he went to Notre Dame undergrad. And okay. she loves Notre Dame. Uh, they're from Indiana, obviously. And so, um, yeah, she is a big Bill Lambeer fan. She she always would say to Larry, you know, how do you how do you hate him so much? He seems like such a nice guy. And Larry would, you know, couldn't even have a discussion with his mother about it. Funny. Um, but here's the thing. Do you remember Robert Parrish beating the bag out of Bill Lambeer? No. Again, a fantastic fight. What some folks may or may not know, Robert Parrish, a little cutting edge, he actually um, practiced judo um, in the offseason. Maybe even did it a little bit during the season as well as a means for staying in shape and uh, keeping balance. Um, kind of like doing an opposite sport to help make him a better player. And obviously it worked. His longevity is phenomenal. But in a game against the Pistons, Lambeer was, again, being dirty against Parrish. Parrish does these like judo chops with his forearms across Lambeer's chest. Lambeer drops to the floor like a load of bricks. Best part about this entire thing, the absolute best part, the refs did not call a foul. That's awesome. And they, they then, since they, they, they had to start, because what happened was the Celtics were on offense. Lambeer was hacking the crap out of Parrish. Parrish went to take a shot, missed it. Pistons got the ball and started sprinting up court. So all the players went up court, including uh, the Pistons and the Celtics, except for Lambert and Parrish. And Parrish just beat the bag out of them. The refs then came back and uh, I think they either called the technical on Parrish or maybe they threw him out of the game. But it was amazing because Lambert was just by himself and he had nowhere to hide. So that was one. Two, and this is the one that I think everyone sees, is when um, at the Palace, Celtics-Pistons in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, uh, underneath the net, uh, Lambeer takes out Bird. I've seen that. Viciously. Yeah. And Bird just rolls on him and just starts swinging and swinging hard. Now, again, the best part about this, and again, uh, going back to my comment about Danny Ainge at the driving range, you forget how good an athlete's uh, professional folks are. Now, in this example, the big fight happens and Bird gets some good swings in at, at uh, Lambeer, which is great because you love to see him bloody afterwards. He was bloody. Um, they pull everyone away. The refs are trying to sort things out. And the basketball is just kind of randomly bouncing in the in the backdrop. Bird picks up the basketball yeah, and, and throws it, it 90 miles an hour at Lambeer right. and it pegs him off the head. 90 miles an hour. It was He threw <laughs> that hard and it was a direct hit. And the thing is, if you look at that... It hurts. But, yeah. Well, yeah, it hurts. But if you look at that throw, look at the amount of people that are around him and he just pegs Lambeer. Quintessential athlete. Um, but yeah, Lambeer is just a dirtball. Absolute dirtball. He's one of those guys, I guess if he's on your team, you like him. But... Um, He's just the dirtiest player going, and even when you saw him in the Last Dance episodes, um, he never apologizes for anything, and you can tell his demeanor and his crassness has not changed a lick. 
He's not in the last dance. Yes, he is. I'm I don't remember. I don't remember those interviews. Um, I'm not trying to one up you here, but I looked, and the Celtics haven't played Kyrie since he left once. Mm. I'm sure. I thought I, they played in Brooklyn. No, they they played in Brooklyn, but he wasn't there. It was two days after they the 27 game, November game. Oh, really? They went to Brooklyn. Yeah. Because huh. because I, I was saying like I haven't seen them play. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just seriously. I was thinking about it. and I didn't remember it, so I was just looking, and he, and he the, boom haven't played him yet. Fact um, checker. Number okay, one. My number one. So I understand we have Bill Embiid at one, but this is basically the fact that Bill Embiid never beat the Celtics. Yes, they did. Uh, when? That's how they got to the. That's how they won their first NBA championship. The Pistons. Oh, I was thinking eighty. Yeah, my bad. I was just. What year was that? Eighty-eight. Oh, well, my bad. No, I, but whatever. I'm wrong. Um. I was just basically saying that I was going off the, the the person that's beat the Celtics the most, in my opinion, through Celtics history. And then you had this man a lot lower. It's LeBron James. Mm. And I understand why you have LeBron James a lot lower. You think of Celtics villains, you think of Lakers. You don't think of the Cavs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. There's been four times in the Eastern Conference Finals LeBron's beaten the Celtics. Four times where the Celtics lost to LeBron. And were one series away from being in the finals. 2011, 2012, 2017, 2018, and then 2015 in round one. There's five times where LeBron beat the Celtics in the playoffs. That's more than anyone else, and certainly in the Eastern Conference Finals. Good stats. So I just think that the fact that there's been so many opportunities for the Celtics to get more championships, where even you think those 2011 teams in 2000, where you think... If we're up against the Mavericks in the 2011 game season series if Rondo isn't hurt, or we win the game seven against the Heat in 2012, you think that the Celtics might have one or maybe even two more championships with a big three era? Maybe. I mean, KG was hurt in that 2012. Yeah, but they went, to, they went to seven games. No, I, I, get, Eastern, that. And then, no, and I, I the, get it. But I, again, I don't know if they had enough in the tank to win, but yeah. Maybe not. You never know. But um, And then even... Looking to um, I don't I don't know, and then even the new Celtics eras, even that game seven with Tatum and then LeBron in two thousand eighteen, where, where one went away from one of the finals. We we won the one in that finals, but I'm just saying that that's we got it smoked by Golden State, right? And it's just I think that LeBron has been the king of the East for what the past eight or nine years. I think he went to the Eastern Conference Finals in a row. I mean, yeah, his final his final streaks are not Eastern, his, yeah, yeah, his, his, fi- final, his streak, final not streaks, Eastern Conference yeah, Finals. My bad. Is amazing. So it's like every time we get somewhere in the playoffs, it's just basically when you're going to get beaten by LeBron. Right. It's basically how the whole finals went, or the whole playoffs went for the Celtics the past ten years. And that's what makes it interesting. Now, a whole decade, in, in the Celtics just couldn't get past LeBron in the playoffs. And, and to be fair, the East was always weaker than the West. But now that he's with the Lakers, I mean, if if LeBron wins with the Lakers, even with this uh, shortened NBA season that's coming up, um, you got to give you got to tip off your hat to him because it it's just amazing. And again, he's reinvented himself. He's now kind of like this point guard uh, player. Anthony Davis is a perfect complement. So it's going to be fun to see how they do in the West um, in this upcoming playoffs. But Great ad. I mean, you can't argue with it. I, I think what's interesting is we had a lot of the same guys just placed differently for different rationales. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I just, it's just, it's really for me. Like, 
like I said, the recency bias. You've seen all these guys, basically, other than most Will. Of, yeah, mo- most of them I have. And again, I, I think the other thing, right or wrong, I love fights. I love a good fight. So if you're in a fight, I'm going to probably have you a little bit higher. All right. This is a good one. <laughs> what are we at? Oh, we're just at an hour. Look at that. Yeah, so look at was, us. So yeah, this was fun. Bit. I really enjoyed this one. And um, But we have a good tease. What's the next one? Next episode, we are doing top 10 favorite video games. Video game. So any console, doesn't matter. Any console. You can do DS. You can do Xbox. You can do... And the way I'm thinking of doing this is by doing franchises. Yeah, so like I'm I'm not gonna say Madden twenty twenty versus Madden twenty exactly. It's just so, Madden. Right, Madden or even like the Call of Duty franchise, stuff like that. Got You're it. not gonna pick out individual games because I think that would be right. too much. All right. I like it. I like it. And is uh Andrew back in the house? I believe so. Oh I wow. I believe he'll be back in the house. That's what I was texting about, just confirming with him that he'll be here for next episode. All right. So yeah, episode twenty, this is a big one. This was a big one. Uh, great suggestion. Again, kudos to our fans, especially Sir John Sheehy, for the idea. And um, we look forward to coming back again soon. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Um, this is Top 10 Everything. I am Gavin Croak, along with... Jeff Croak. And we'll see you next time. Thank you all for listening.